congratulations, you've written a book, or maybe you're just getting started, but one thing is certain, you've got a lot of questions. How many words or pages should your book be? How long will it take to write? Do you need an agent? Should you submit your manuscript to publishers? How long will it take to publish? How much does it cost? Who will edit your book? What about cover design? How should you market and sell your books? What about copywriting? Stay tuned because today we will tackle your toughest questions and show you why self-publishing is your smartest move. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. All our authors out there, we have got a great topic for you today talking about all things publishing, self-publishing, and getting that book done and getting it in people's hands, most importantly. So Coach Tam, you are our New York Times bestselling author in the house. So talk to us. Well, I will say that um, anybody can write a book and everybody should. I believe that every Christian should do at least two things in their lifetime. I think number one is missions. I think every Christian should go on a mission trip. And I think number two, every Christian should write the legacy of their life, the message that God has given them to impart, the wisdom that the Holy Spirit has has given them that can affect change in other people. And so we have a live audience today, and I'm going to ask the members of Inner Circle to weigh in and let me know, do you have a book published? Yes or no? Do you have a book written, but it's not published? Are you in the process of writing a book? I'm interested because I think that our listeners across the spectrum are kind of going to be represented in our member group. So we have a book written. We have three books written. Now, what about published? Are you, yes, one published? Um, yes to all three. That means you've written a book, you're writing a book, and you've published a book. Um, I'm reminded of of one of our master coaches in KBA, David Baker, when he came into our Inner Circle Mentorship Group, he had five books already written sitting on his computer, but he didn't know what to do with them. And so we helped him get published, get on the bestseller list, and that's what we wanna talk about today. Now, I will tell you, Zach, that you mentioned my New York Times bestselling book, Get Motivated, when God called me to write that book, it seems like a pattern with God somehow that it was an inconvenient time. Like it wasn't on my agenda. I had not book, booked it out in my calendar. Like these are your writing times. No, it was a very busy time. I was running a successful company, traveling a lot, and I felt that God impressed me to write a book. So I'll just start off by saying that um, Books don't happen by accident. In fact, writing skill does not happen by accident. You're not necessarily born with writing skill, but it's an intentional process. When you decide that you're going to increase your level of competence in writing, 
whether that's copywriting, book writing, script writing, whatever it is, it's an intentional process. You have to choose to do it. So the first thing I would say about writing a book or any kind of writing is that you're going to have to make it a priority. It doesn't necessarily have to be your top priority, but it does have to be on your list of priorities because there's a lot to learn with book writing, copywriting, script writing, writing blogs, writing for your products, writing ads. All of this falls in the same creative category and they're all just skills to be learned. But excellent writing, I almost brought it for you, Zach, because we have a we have a meeting after this and I wanted to reference this book, but um, it took me a long time to learn how to snowboard until I bought a book. And that book was called No Fall Snowboarding mm-hmm. by Danny Martin. I spent four years falling down the mountain until I found this book and until I found Danny Martin. So people sometimes say, well, you know, people don't judge a book by the cover. Yes, they do. People don't buy a a book based on the title. Oh, yes, they do. (laughs) And people don't buy your product or your coaching program. They don't sign up to work with you because of bullet points. Oh, yes, they do. They will spend lots of money even based on just one bullet point. I've had so many people tell me the reason I came to your seminar today. The reason that I paid this money was because of one bullet point that you had in your ad. And if I just get that one thing, it's worth the investment. So likewise, it is worth the investment to learn how to get very good at writing, at communicating your message through the written word, because it will pay you back many times over. Now, I know uh, Bunny and Zach, both of you have lots of experience with script writing, writing ads, and writing curriculum. Now, I've written a book. You two have not written a book just yet, but you will. Um, But you have plenty of experience in writing. And I'd like for you guys to kind of share a few things that you've learned. And I also want to do something different today in our podcast, which is I want to open up for questions with our members about any questions that you have in this whole realm of writing And before we move on, I'm just going to answer the question real quick about self-publishing. You have two options with books. You can get a publishing house or you can self-publish. Self-publishing is your smartest move and it gives you the most control. So we will circle back to that. But in between, I want to pack in as much wisdom and answers as we can for you on this topic because it's such an awesome topic and you guys will be blessed the more you increase your skill in this realm. Yeah, I love it. I actually want to go in a, in a little bit of a, a different direction and stick with books for a second because we're actually, we're preparing a masterclass right now and I'm preparing a little teaching for it. And I think one of the, the things that will relate to this podcast topic is the two hats that you have to wear when building a business. There's also two hats that you have to wear when writing a book. When you're starting a business, you know, if you think about anybody starting a a small business, whether you're an accountant or a seamstress or a coach or an author, there's two hats you have to wear. One of the hats is the product. Like you've got to wear the product hat. I've got, I'm a seamstress. I've got to to sew and do what seamstresses do. Maybe I have an accounting firm. One of the hats I wear is the accountant hat. If I'm a coach, 
one of the hats I wear is the coaching hat. It's the product hat. It's the fulfillment and the delivery. But every business owner and every author has to wear a second hat. And that second hat is sales and marketing, right? If you're a coach and you want to just help people and be a coach, or you're an author and you want to just help people and write a book, or you're a seamstress and you want to just help people with their tailoring, you have to wear that hat and you have to wear that hat well of actually doing the product or service. But if you don't learn to wear the other hat, which is sales and marketing, you're not going to have anybody to work with. You're not going to have anybody that buys your book. So I want to just share that as a begin with the end in mind, right? Like count the cost as we sit down to, to go to battle, as we sit down to to build a, a beautiful project, we've got to count the cost. And part of counting that cost is recognizing that it is not just writing and publishing a book. Yeah, we've got to write it. We've got to edit it. We've got to publish it. But guess what happens next? We have to market and sell it. And if you don't begin with the end in mind of, I need to know how to wear the sales and marketing hats, you will not sell many books. Yeah. And I, We've worked with with thousands of clients inside of Kingdom Builders. And I have heard so many times from so many authors, probably 90% of the authors who have published books that come to us, they couldn't give away 100 copies. Couldn't give away 100 copies, right? So when you write a book, like hopefully the goal is that thousands of people are going to get it. If you're going to take the time and the effort and the energy to write a book, like that's such a big project compared to starting a coaching program, you know, building a website, doing an online course, doing social media, doing a podcast, writing a book is like way more work than all of those things. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to write a book, please plan to sell it. Please begin with the end in mind. And that means counting the cost. I need to wear a sales and marketing hat. I need to understand how to occupy that role. So that's that's just one thing I want to touch on. We've got more to talk about. So I want to pass it off to to my wonderful wife, Coach Jillian. What are what's your thoughts on writing, publishing books? I know you've you've been thinking a little bit about this. What do you think? Well, it was interesting. I was reading this morning that the percentage of people who are self-publishing in the last five years has gone up two hundred and sixty-four percent. So that's really incredible. And you know, there's all kinds of interesting, um, you know, kind of wins and lessons learned is I'm just, you know, we've we've seen I mean, we have so many authors with us right now. I'm like, we could have a panel of 12 people who could give us their wins and lessons learned in this process. But as far as writing goes, I would say when anytime I'm writing copy or writing anything, I think about two things. One, I avoid the pressure to sound smart. And I think that's hard. But for me, when I'm reading something, I like to, you know, my favorite is nonfiction. And so I don't want to get lost. Like, have you ever read a page in something like you're trying to understand something, you know, a concept, but you don't even understand what was on the page? And I feel like sometimes we're afraid that simple sounds stupid but it doesn't sound stupid. And I feel like the smartest person in the room is the one that can take maybe something that is sophisticated or complicated and make it easy to understand. So when you're writing, please don't feel the pressure to like, woo, we got to wow them. 
you don't need to wow them with your vocabulary. You don't need to wow them with like the function junction. What's your function? You know, you don't have to do that. Just like keep it simple. And the other thing is like tell a story. I can tell you in all the things that I read, if there's a great analogy or a great story that I can connect the point to, it stays with me much. Well, I get it quicker and it stays with me a lot longer, right? I can see what they're trying to say. So yeah, my two things that I think about when I write is one, less is more. Keep it simple. It doesn't make you look dumb. It doesn't make you look like less of an expert. I think it makes you look smarter. If you're super smart, then tell me something super smart and keep it super simple. And then number two, like tell me a story, create an analogy, paint the picture for me. Yeah, I love that. I think that, you know, we could we could go a lot deeper on that point. And one of the the examples that I was thinking about as it relates to to writing a book and getting your message out there is to simplify it and even shorten it. You know, don't feel the pressure, like Jillian said, don't feel the pressure to sound smart. Don't feel the pressure to write 300 pages. Your book does not need to be 250, 300 pages. Your book could be like 80 pages, could be 125 pages. And guess what? A lot more people would be like, oh, I could I could handle that, right? I could commit to that because reading a 300 page book is a commitment, right? It's like people put them, put them on their bookshelf behind their camera because they're like trophies. Like, yeah, to earn that, <laughs> to read that 300 page book. So don't be afraid. And I'd actually encourage most most of our listeners, write a 125-page book first. Write a write an 85-page book. Like get that out there. Keep it simple. Keep it at like a fourth grade reading level. And you're gonna have a lot more readers. You're gonna have a lot more people entering your world. Cause that's what your book is. Your book is a lead magnet. Your book is a lost leader. It's a way to bring people in, right? Like that's not the end of the line. So don't feel like you need to give people absolutely everything. Don't treat your book like your magnum opus, like it's your life's work, like this, like this is my life's thesis and I'm going to give you everything I know in these 300 pages. It'll overwhelm people. It'll overwhelm you. It's not going to be a winner. You've got to simplify. I want to give you an example. A lot of you guys have, have probably heard of Dr. Jordan Peterson. He He's kind of blown up in the last 10 years. He wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life that sold like 15 million copies or something. That book was a rewritten version of a book that he had written like 10, 15 years earlier called Maps of Meaning. And you know what Maps of Meaning was? It was a magnum opus. It was like 500 pages. It was super technical. It was super, you know, psychographic, like really deep, really wordy, and it didn't sell. You know, he put his life's work into this book, Maps Maps of Meaning, I think it was. And it, and it, you know, it sold maybe in the academic world, maybe with his students and a little bit here, a little bit there. But as soon as he dumbed it down, to put it like in really crass terms, as soon as he dumbed it down and made it, you know, more accessible by making it more readable and putting a different title on it, putting a different cover on it, giving it a facelift, it sold 15 million copies. So a lot of our authors that come to us, I, I can think of of one who has written incredible books, you know, 300, 400 page books that are super dense, super deep, didn't sell. That's okay. We can republish that book. You know, we can give that book a facelift. We can simplify that book and make that become your perennial bestseller. That's more likely to, to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Well, we do have some questions and 
uh, I'd like to take some of these questions because I think they're representative of of our listener questions. Um, so one here that I see from Duroa, Duroa, um, how do I complete all of my four half written books? Um, and that's that's a great question, you know, because we we are such creative people that we tend to do that. We tend to start something. That's a great idea. Let me start fleshing that out. Now you've got four things that are are kind of in utero, right? First of all, my advice on that would be I would look at the one that I think is the most marketable. I would look at the one that uh, I can use to move people into a deeper experience with me. Because while books change lives, they do not change lives to the degree that mentoring people one-on-one or group coaching and spending time with them and answering their questions. Yes, you can answer questions in your book, but your reader is going to have questions that you never even thought to answer in your book. So where are they going to go for that? So I would look at those four books and I would find the one that I could say, okay, this this book is going to have wide appeal to people who have a big problem that they could use some help solving. And it would be a natural lead in to my group coaching program or to my online course or to some event maybe that I'm that I'm putting on that I can move them into because I think that one of the probably um, saddest things and the the worst uses of a book is to just write a book and leave it there right I want that book to become a bridge into having an experience where I can mentor somebody and I can really sew into them and I can take them to the next level in a way that a book wouldn't. So identify which one of those four books, Dura, is um, the one that would give you that that bridge and that experience. And then this is, this is secret sauce here. This is where you should pick up your pen, get ready and take some notes, okay? Um, in your book, build in a way for them to get on your mailing list so that you have your reader's name and you have their email address. And a way to do that is by giving away gifts. And I think that was one of the things that helped to push my book onto the New York Times bestseller list. Now everybody does it, but your very own coach, Tam Tam, was the originator. I had not seen anybody do it, and I felt like that it was an idea that God gave me. So that at the end of every chapter, I gave my readers what I called a book bonus. So I gave them quizzes, I gave them articles, I, I gave them templates, and I said, to access this, you go to this website, and they did, and then in order to get in, they would have to give me their email address, and then I would send them a little code so that they could get in and they could claim their gifts. In that way, I had the email addresses of a couple hundred thousand people that I otherwise would not have had. And that gave me the ability then to communicate with those readers in a way that that pretty much no other authors do. So use your book as a way to move the relationship along so that you can communicate with them and move them into a higher level of engagement with you. Yeah, no, I I love that. I want to just tag tag on that really quick and then jump in, honey. Two things about that. Yeah, because one, it's a great point. Not everybody knows that, but when somebody buys your book on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble, you're not getting that person's information. Amazon's not giving you their name and email. 
So you've got to get that yourself. That's one way to do it. And second, it's like a win-win, right? It's good for you because you want that information to be able to continue the relationship with that reader. But they're also getting something too. It's actually on your cover, wasn't it, Coach Tan? Like $1,200 of bonuses included with this book, right? So like, it actually is a selling point for your book as well that there's lots of bonus materials that you get. Oh, I was just reading this morning and it was saying that, you know, sometimes we separate like being an entrepreneur and like being an author. And it was saying like a term that you're going to see like very common in the years ahead is authorpreneur, is that it's not about being an entrepreneur, but an authorpreneur and that that is a totally different lens, which is really what we're talking about today is that there's such intentionality which is so amazing to me that Coach Tam had the foresight, which I agree would have definitely come by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to see that when she wrote her New York Times bestselling book, Get Motivated. I mean, that's amazing to me that she understood the role of authorpreneur. And, you know, it was just this article I read this morning says said so many times we miss the opportunity to capture the connection point. You had the opportunity to go deeper and to really develop a relationship with the person on the on the receiving end of that book. Um, but you missed it just because you you realized you missed the moment in in not connecting with them, you know, as an authorpreneur. So, yeah, just make sure when you're when you're writing that you think about that, you know, to get longevity out of those relationships points. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'd like to answer a few of the questions that I posed in the introduction. So one of the things that that I had uh, asked that I know that a lot of authors and would-be authors have the question of is, how long is it actually going to take to write a book? And the answer to that question is the same answer as, how long is a piece of string? Well, it can be any length and it can take any amount of time to write a book, but in my opinion, shorter is better. As you were saying, Zachary, shorter is better. It's going to take you less time. It's less intimidating for readers to to read a short book than it is to to read a big tome. And so if you're a first-time author, I would like to see you write your book from start to finish in no more than three months. Crank it out. Just get it out there. Set a time set your writing sessions. I'm going to write for 45 minutes and then I'm going to stop at the beginning of a story. And that way you'll never get stuck. You'll never get writer's block if you will outline your book, what you want to say in your book, the points you want to make. And then every time you stop your writing session, stop at the beginning of a story. So when you sit down again, you get right back into it. You hop right back into it. In terms of publishing and do I need an agent, I, I actually did have an agent for, for Get Motivated. I didn't have an agent for the next book that I wrote, which actually did a whole lot better um, financially for me. And it did a whole lot better in terms of creating relationships that um, I would say transformed people, transformed their lives. It, it did a lot to, to grow my public image. Um, more so than my New York Times bestselling book. And that was a short little, short little book. So I had an agent for my first book. I donated all of the royalties, um, including my, uh, what is it called? Author bonus, signing bonus. Advance. Advance. The money they give you in advance is called an advance. So um, 
Uh, I donated all of that to 37 children's charities. I wrote the book because God put it in my heart to write. But the answer is, uh, I didn't need an agent then, and I don't need an agent now. Um, I didn't need a publisher then, and I don't need a publisher now. If I had it to do all over again, I would have self-published. Self-publishing gives you just so much more control And I'll tell you the dirty little secret of publishers. This is what they don't want you to know. They're hoping nobody ever finds out. Publishers do not know how to sell books. Mm -hmm. They don't. They know how to distribute books. They know how to get books on shelves. But you know what? You don't need that now. We we have self-publishing assets now like Amazon's CreateSpace that'll walk you through the whole process. You'll get on the same shelves. You'll have the same visibility online. You don't need that. And what I what I love about self-publishing too is POD, which is publishing on demand, meaning when somebody buys your book, they print your book, they bind your book, they ship your book. And you don't have books sitting in your garage. You don't have to spend $15,000 to buy 2,000 copies of your book that you don't know how to sell you can have publishing on demand. So I think that's a great way to go for everybody. And it's something that's relatively new. It's a relatively new technology that you guys as first-time authors now have the benefit of. All right, Zach, do we want to talk about copywriting at all or script writing or anything like that? Because I want to really give you the most value in this podcast that we possibly can. Yeah, let's give let's make like one or two points on that and then wrap. But I think that's a great topic. Let's let's take that topic and spend a full a full episode on copywriting and script writing. Um, I'll start with a story on this, and then we, maybe we can each give like one little tidbit and then wrap here. Um, I just I just recently read actually it was a tweet. It was a tweet that I'm gonna gonna re retell for you guys, and it was actually somebody retelling a story themselves about out of mastermind. Somebody got on the stage. And he said, I am going to give you the number one secret to writing copy that gets people's attention and builds a great relation. And then bam, he got slapped in the face with a whipped cream pie as he was telling this on stage. And he goes, and now I'm going to tell you something smart. And then he, he taught this. That's the point. What you've got to do when you're writing copy to get people's attention and to begin building a relationship is do something that's like getting pie in the face that is just like, like sh- shocking. It like snaps everybody's attention, stops the scroll, gets your attention like, whoa, what just happened? He just got hit in the face with a pie and then say something smart and you're off, right? Like that is like the ultimate entry into building a relationship, telling a story is get hit with pie in the face or hit somebody else with pie in the face. You've got their attention. Now say something smart. Like, so whatever, like, you know, quippy, quick, intelligent thing you've got to offer, find a pie, say something smart. And now you are in the door in a copywriting case. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Here's another, um, copywriting tip for you is um, it's everybody's favorite radio station. It's WWIFM, which is what's in it for me. What's in it for me? Maybe my acronym was not. WIIFM. 
okay, then it's W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? So that's what you need to be thinking about when you're writing copy is, is not trying to sound all smart, all genius, but think about your your avatar, your ideal client, your ideal reader, who it is that you're trying to reach. What do they need to know? Now we're going to make bullet points, short sentences about answering that question. Is, is your toddler constantly interrupting, throwing things, disobedient? What do you do to solve the problem of your management team not staying on focus, being competitive, not being team players? How do you get your husband to pay attention when you're talking? I maybe that's that's a girl thing, but 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 women like it when men pay attention to when they're talking. But but you've got to think about who it is that you're talking to, what it is that they want, and craft your copy to answer those perceived needs even if that's not their real need. You know, a lot of times what we think is our need is not really our real need. Like it's something else, right? Like insecurity might be the root of it, but indecision is how it manifests. So I can't I can't make a decision. I just I I'm I don't I don't know, but maybe it's just you don't trust yourself, right? So a lot of times we tend to speak to the real need, but we ignore the perceived need. But the perceived need is what your clients, what your avatars, what your readers are really interested in. So we've got to direct our our copy to their perceived need, like what's at the forefront of of their head. All right, Bunny, give us a oh, trick. Well, give us a tip. Well, I was just looking in the chat and I love this. Um, one of our inner circle members, Coach Shantae, she goes, you know what? I'm going to go back through a book that I wrote and I'm going to put those connection points in there. And I love that. I saw two things that I thought were huge. One, that it's not too late to go back and to create those connection points. If you have already published something, put something out there, guess what? It is not too late for you. You can still put those relationship connection points, draw them in, connect them in so that you can maintain that relationship. It's not too late. And then I saw someone else put in the chat, you know what, I'm going to like, you know, I, I think Code Zach was saying this, I'm going to like dumb it down. And that's like said so loosely, don't separate our, our spirit from our words when we say that, but like make it simple. If you have written a magnum opus and you feel like, oh man, no, not oh man, it's okay. It's not too late. Get back on the horse and go ahead and like, you know, keep it simple, make it simple for us. And I bet it'll be way more effective for both you and your reader. The thing, my only thought is sometimes I get hooked into the title of a book and I'm super pumped and I read it and I'm like, hmm, because they're being like analytical, like philosophical and theoretical. And I'm like, wait, you duped me. I read the title of this book and I was supposed to walk away with this thing or this concept or this how-to. And you've like philosophized and theorized and whatever. Please don't do that. Like, we all want to know what you think. We all want your opinions, but give me something actionable so that when I put the book down, I am like, oh my gosh, this is the thing I learned. Like, I can do that. Give me the thing that I can do. Don't just tell me the analogies and the stories and your thoughts and your philosophy. Give me the thing to do. I need the thing. So that's Love what it. I always want when I pick it up. 
Yeah, we covered a covered a lot on books. I see our our live chat a lot of people with with kind of big ideas to go back to their books and to finish their books and to add some of these things in. So sounds like it was a profitable podcast for you guys listening. We love you. Bless you. See you next week on the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. Bye, everybody. Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting episode.